G'day one, g'day all, g'day fans and trendsetters. Welcome to another exciting, dramatic episode of Strange Days Broadcast. Grab your favourite beverage. Mine at the moment is going to be a green tea mixed with a bit of jasmine. Then to top it off at the hour, a nice chilled lemon ginger and chamomile Kool-Aid, if you know what I mean. So I'm not really sure what I've got lined up here. It's been one of those, put this together here, put that together there, a bit of a jigsaw up here, where do I start? Do I start down here? Do I start there? Then I've got to go back to their sort of situation. But knowing me, I will work it out as we go along. So I didn't realise I was just past the starting time. So what I'm going to do is do a two-minute introductory, and then we shall rock and roll, if you know what I mean. Enjoy. Strange days. There's no doubt about it. To my little file of loom and gloom, eh? Been there for a while. Let's see where we're going to start today. Let's start off with our little mates with the little hat. What do you reckon about that? I really upset the apple cart. 
by letting the world know that the entire LGBT agenda and this ridiculous idea that there are more than two genders is 100% originated from the Jewish Talmud. And everybody's, oh, you're fake. You're a Jew hater. You're an anti-Semite. Oh, really? Well, I'm going to post a link right now from the website My Jewish Learning, and it's titled, no less, The Eight Genders of the Jewish Talmud. And it even lists them. And they're identical to the first few made-up genders of the LGBT agenda. This is not by accident. It's also not an accident that over one out of every hundred people in Israel is a registered pedophile. It's also not an accident that pedophiles will get off in court even when there is massive evidence against them. Because Zionism is all about pedophilia. Zionism is all about getting the children and molding them to what you want them to be. And if you're going to lie and pretend that this is not something that was created in the Jewish Talmud, well, I'm just going to go and post it for y'all. And now you can call me whatever you want, but it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It just means that you're really upset that I exposed one of the biggest secrets of Jewish lies. Been a while since I've had a, a little bit of a Judaite hit piece on the old Zionists. Let's go into number one. Is... Yeah, back here. Uh, what have we got here? What have we got in this little list? Zahar is male. Nekava, ach, is female. Androgynous, having both male and female characteristics. Looking pretty good so far, guys. Number four, Tumtum, lacking sexual characteristics. Elanit, Hana. Identified female at birth, but later naturally developing male characteristics. Six, Elonit Adam. Identified female at birth, but later developed male characteristics through human intervention. Number seven, Saris Hama. Identified male at birth, but later naturally developing female characteristics. Number eight. Saris Adam, identified male at birth and later developing female characteristics through human intervention. In fact, not only did the rabbis recognize six genders that were neither male nor female, they had a tradition that the first human being was both. Versions of this Midrash are found throughout the Raya rabbinic literature, including in the Talmud. There's no doubt that there's a real attack on farmers happening on every corner of this planet, which logically poses one very obvious question. If you get rid of the farmers, you still need to eat something, especially yeah. protein, right? Maybe they don't want um, the food production like it is uh, right now. I mean, um, we, we produce uh, potatoes and we produce uh, milk and we produce uh, meat. And um, maybe there's a government who doesn't want us to eat anymore that kind of food. Mm. Instead, turn to what? Welcome, visitor. Welcome to the greatest show south of the Mississippi. Enjoy. 
insect <laughs> books. I don't know. Today, the European Commission has officially declared mealworms to be food. It could be a game changer for insect farmers. They're now hoping to grow their businesses and turn insects into another source of protein for Europeans, even if just a niche one. There's this top-down globalist idea that certain Western countries have diets that they do not approve of. In other words, they're more meat-based, and they feel that humans don't need meat-based protein, and they want to either force people to follow their paradigms, or they want to buy or accumulate farmland, and that's how they're going to farm it. It's sort of like the Soviet Union or Mao's cultural revolution. Oh, damn. It's top down. I forgot to say how long this goes. Oh, yeah, this one goes for two minutes all up. Yeah, I like to just present um, Uncle Jeff when, you know, when I'm, how long things are going to go so people can run away if they're not interested in that Some topic. Disasters. That's you the way I roll. Greatest broadcast of this side of the Mississippi report. this year. Uh, they said, we need Westerners to start eating bugs. <laughs> and that wasn't on anybody's radar. We need <laughs> bugs. It's disgusting. And so they said, we need a massive propaganda campaign in the media to convince them that they're going to save the planet. Well, we're seeing that. Eat your bugs. NPR, Eat uh, some bugs. Corporation, the BBC, even Fox News, right? They've been peddling this idea that bugs are delicious and nutritious. Now you got all these celebrities eating bugs and teaching people that it's trendy and cool to eat bugs. And as we speak, they are right now building the largest... In- Welcome to the greatest broadcast this side south of the Mississippi, Uncle Woody. Just started protein processing facility on the planet outside Decatur, Illinois. They're building another one up in Canada. They know there's not really demand for bugs right now, right? How many Americans do you know that are clamoring for cricket sandwiches, right? Practically none. Uh, and so I expect that as yummy, these develop, as the price of staples goes through the roof, people will say, okay, I'm really hungry. My kids are really hungry. I can't afford a steak anymore. So, all right, I'll just, I'll eat your stupid crickets. What I'd like to know is what's the counteraction to the actual um, parasite that even gets through cooked and developed bugs? Hmm, are we going to be riddled with Uncle Parasite? What about Uncle Prince Andrew? Took part in an orgy with nine girls on Jeffrey Epstein's private island, alleged victim says. I was around 18 at the time. Epstein, also known as Andy. Epstein slash Andy approximately eight other young girls and I had sex together bit of an orgy wargy eh what if I told you that the exact same former FBI agent that led the governor Whitmer kidnapping hoax in Michigan was also the assistant director in charge in DC on January 6th and then led, later led, the FBI's Washington field office at the same time of the Trump war logo raid. What if I told you that this man, or slash cockroach, Stephen Diantiorno, abruptly decided to resign and join the private sector right as Congressional Republicans, prepared to launch a probe into the bureau the plot thickens the plot thickens um, it just keeps going on and on doesn't it what's going on guys uh, my name is Fitz. I now 
I, I gather I gather a lot of us have heard about this Miami stuff. Is it bullshit? Is it real? Is it was it um, because of riots? Was it all this? Now I've gone through probably at least a dozen or so different versions, and I've managed to come across a couple of people that were actually there, and actually one says he didn't see the creature. No, three all up. One says he's seen a um, a book that these kids were mucking around with. Another one said that there was obviously what happened, the, the fireworks and you know, riots in the streets. I've seen all that video clips. The other lady took a video of this creature about nine foot. It's a bit shady, but it's anything can be done with CI these days, unfortunately. Welcome to the broadcast, guys. Nice to see you in. And um, this guy was actually witness three of them. Now, take it as you will. I know there's a lot of bullshit out there. I usually pick up pretty good on a liar. He seems pretty legit with what he thinks he saw. Could have, could have quite possibly been a um, Project Bluebeam event or anything like that. Not saying it's all out there and that. The other one that I come across, which was fascinating. Now, we've heard about the Antarctica, haven't we? About secret bases and even alien things down there where bird went under there and there was a civilization, all these other aspects of Antarctica. And they need to go into that. That's a six-hour show on its own. But... What this lady had done, this is not her now, coming up, I played her, I think, on my last one. Actually, if I haven't, I might come up with her. She's flipped over the coordinates. So you know how you've got parallels and, and what have you, where you find a geographical area, you know, 40 degrees north and south, all that crap. Well, what she done, she flipped it the other way around. And guess where it turned up? The coordinates from Antarctica turns up on, when you flip it, in... Miami! Well, go figure that one out. Check this out. With my family. First-hand accounts. Um, and we all saw exactly what happened. Um, don't, like, pay attention to a lot of the videos that are out there. I feel like a lot of people are trying to use this for clout. Um, but what happened, we all saw what happened. And, you know, it's pretty serious. I, uh, you know, it's been a few days, but... And, you know, our whole family's processing it, but I think we've kind of, like, uh, accepted that we were a part of this weird uh, experience and moment. Um, so, basically, what happened was I was there with my brother Brian uh, and my sister and my nephew. We were looking for shoes uh, for my nephew. And then we see a whole crowd of people outside the store um, just running out in a direction. So... You know, as soon as we saw it, we uh, we were like, oh, oh, shit, you know, what's going on? So we immediately ran out with our nephew, and, um, and we picked him up, and we ran out, and we followed the crowd. Uh, and then about, like, a, a, a few seconds later, as soon as we started running, uh, my nephew, he's autistic, so he was pointing behind us, and he was saying, blanky, which he'll usually say whenever he feels unsafe or scared. Um and he was pointing behind us. So me and my brother, we look behind us and then we see these three, nine, 10 foot tall creatures. I'm not gonna say aliens. Uh, everyone keeps saying it's aliens. I'm not saying aliens because I don't know what it was. Uh, none of us really knew everyone. All of us stopped in our track. We, you know, a whole bunch of people were pointing at it. Uh, I mean, there were other people running. Um, you know, there was a crowd as soon as it made itself more apparent, um, it looked like it was glitching, not like a computer pixelation, but like a wavy glitch. 
um, and whatever maybe was covering them had, you know, unveiled or whatever. Um, yeah, it looked like a glitch, man. Uh, it was like a, a weird glitch in the Matrix or whatever. And, um, the Matrix is and then all you that. could see it in its full form, all three of them. And then, uh, it, you know, they were all black. You saw eyes. Uh, and you could faintly see, like, like lips. But, um, yeah, I was about, like, 20 feet away. Um, because obviously everybody gave it distance, right? And, um, you know, they're tall. Um, so we all just like looked at them. They were just standing there. And the thing that was a little bit weird, but it was clearly like observing us. It was sentient, right? Like, or whatever. I mean, I don't know, but, uh, it was aware of us. It looked at us, the whole crowd. And then as soon as it started walking with its big legs, like, kind of like it started like almost glitching again um we all ran um my brother like immediately said yo let's go he grabbed me by the shoulder we we bolted out of there and for anyone that's like saying you know where's the footage where's the footage yeah i know i i don't have any footage and i'll explain why because like when i when i saw it i was in complete fear it's it was something that I, I completely froze, man. I don't care if I sound like a bitch about it. Like, I froze. And I don't care who you are. I feel like when you're seeing something paranormal, it's different than when you're seeing a fight. Yeah, you'll probably want to record that and put it on Worldstar or whatever. When you see something paranormal, that's different. Because your reality, you can't comprehend what you're seeing. A fight, you kind of get it. Two people are fighting. You, you can comprehend that. Something like this, none of us could comprehend. Your first instinct is like, it ain't to like take out your phone and start recording. Your first instinct is like, I've never seen this before. What is this? Is it gonna hurt me or my family? That's my that was my first number one priority. Um, so if you don't believe me, I get it. You know, it's fine. Like, it is silly. I'm I'm sure that someone had footage from that night. If you did, please contact me just so that you know we we actually have it. Um, so anyways, as soon, as soon as the creature started moving, we all just jetted out there. We, we ran out the, the, the front doors. Um, and you know, obviously like we see a whole sea of cop cars, mad cop cars that were other ones were coming in. Um, and we ran with our nephew and then, you know, a, a cop stopped us. Um, you know, they took us a little into a bit of a safer area behind, right in, uh, behind the cars. Um, and then, um. And they asked us what we saw, uh, and we, we told them what we saw. Um, you know, they wrote it down, and th they asked everybody to check their phones. Not everybody, because there was mad people, like, running away, too, right? They couldn't get everyone. Um, so I'm wondering if someone's going to post a video. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they looked through everyone's phone. I didn't record anything, so I was fine. None of us recorded anything, so we were basically free to go. Um but in the distance, you could still see, like, you know, I didn't see the being, beings come out the door, right? Um, but you could see on the side of the building, uh, kind of like that clip that everyone's seeing. Uh, yeah, that's the one I was mentioning before, where you could just see this one, one of them just standing there, like about nine foot. Looks like really long legs, too. Um, that it was slowly walking, and it was like, it wasn't cloaking or glitching or whatever. It was walking. So I don't know if they... It seemed more like it was an interdimensional thing. Someone's coming into our dimension or whatever. A bunch of them. And I think 
you know, that it, it was just interesting, the police response, because there was a whole bunch of them. This ain't for no teenagers. No, this is this was for something way bigger. Um, and it almost seemed like the cops had like a, a, a already made strategy for it because they surrounded the be- one of the beings with like all their police cars. They blared it up even louder because you could hear that it was louder. Um, maybe as an attempt to like distract it or let it know like, hey, you don't belong here, right? Um, and you know, they were trying to like slowly move alongside with it um but i didn't see anything else after that because me and my family we, we got out of there we went into our car we went home um because you know we had, we had our nephew with us and we went to make sure like you know he was okay i forgot to mention you he goes for 10 minutes he's got six just under six minutes uh four minutes left so i'm gonna let him go because i think it's good to get the whole the whole story on his gist of the of what he actually says that he saw you um so i you know, I, I was, I'm, I'm still kind of like processing everything. Like it's weird, but at the same time, I'm glad that we weren't alone in seeing it. Cause like, it was a whole bunch of us that saw it. Um, and I, it, it feels kind of like, you know, you're part of something like really big. Uh, but at the same time, it's confusing because like you want, you want to kind of like show people, like, I wish I took a video, man. Like cause people are going to probably think I'm crazy. Right. Um, but yeah, you, I, I'm left with more questions. Like we were all kind of <clears throat> left with more questions than anything else. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that it's aliens. I know everybody's saying it's aliens. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is I saw something come in through like a weird glitchy, maybe a portal or whatever. Um, and it was like they were, you know, they're pretty tall. Um, you could see some features of it. It was very, they were very dark. Yeah, skin walled up um, skinwalkers. How far is um, Skinwalker Ranch from um, Miami? I'm just curious about that too. You, know, you might be on the bit of something there. I've got to come up with a few different theories. Project Bluebeam was one, of course. Um, the coordinate one that I bought up where they were supposed to um, stargate back to their their porthole or whatever back into the Antarctic. But um, they put the coordinates in back the front, another possibility. Maybe they work with Chinese government. <laughs> or is that Hebrew, left, uh, right to left? Anyway, whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I'll just give them a couple more minutes and um, I'll move along. We'll get a call in line in about, probably give me 40 minutes at least, you know, though, that'd be even pushing it. I mean, it'd take me at least an hour to get into it. But if you really need to, you want to have a yarn, we can do that. Um yeah, we'll probably, I reckon we'll do that at the top of the hour, yeah. And we are 22 minutes into the broadcast now, so um, we'll have a bit of an open line if anyone really wants to. If not, I've got plenty of stuff here to still go on, guys. For hours and hours and days and days. It just drives me insane. Okay, let's continue. Like, uh, and, um, and shiny. But I can't tell if it was like a wet shiny or like a met- metallic shiny. Um, and yeah, and you know, long limbs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, long limbs, long fingers. Um, they were definitely humanoid in shape um, and shadowy. Um, but that, maybe that shadowiness was like from a glitch or whatever, like whatever cloaking maybe they had, like fell off. Um, 
Oh, I'm naked. But yeah, it felt like something was coming (laughs) into our world or whatever. Um, like a fucking Stranger Things episode. But, uh, but it was, it was crazy, man. Like, um, I I do wish that we took video. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's what he's going to say. He wishes now on that. Yeah, very interesting. Next on my list. Have a listen to this. Spelled and explain them each because you have three major. This is um. This is giving you a bit of a breakdown on the Israeli intelligence. A lot of people don't know about the structure, and I think this is quite fascinating just to know for anyone's curiosity. A lot of people talk about Mossad mainly, and um, pretty much leave it at that. But I am going to present to you for roughly three minutes and three seconds thirty-three. Shh, don't tell no one. And you might get a little bit of a gist on actually what's going to be going on here with the Israeli structure of their intelligence agencies. Anyway, for those that are interested, three minutes and three seconds. If spelled and explain them each because you have three major intelligence gathering organizations in Israel. You start with the Mossad. What is it? Mossad means institute, by the way, and this is an institute for intelligence and special operations. So the Mossad is the foreign espionage arm Compare it to the CIA. All right, go down here to the... Next one is Amman, right? Military intelligence. It's a Hebrew acronym. So it is intelligence arm of the armed forces. As Yossi was saying, it in fact is the largest and most important. And then it says Shin Bet. Two Hebrew letters, initials for security services. That's the domestic agency, the, the equivalent of the FBI. Which one of the three is the most important? It would be Amman, the military intelligence. Nothing is more important than you're watching your Arab neighbors for actual movements of troops, how many tanks they have, where are the aircraft. All these other missions that we described are fascinating. And even getting, you know, thousands of Jews into the country is vital. But war, having a sign that war is coming, that's the key, and that's Amman's job. Which is the second most important. Uh, The Mossad. The problem with the with the with Amman with the military intelligence is that it lives in the shadow of uh, the flamboyant Mossad. Uh, uh, it, it can be compared to this to the same problem which is facing um, United States National Security Agency NSA. It is the largest, the most important agency in the intelligence community. Yet the most imp- the most famous one, which gets media attention is the CIA. The same is in Israel. The Mossad has become um, sort of epitomizing the Israeli intelligence. But the most important agency is military intelligence. Mossad comes second and then you have uh, Shin Bet, uh, the Israeli equivalent to the FBI, in charge of uh, fighting um, terrorism, counter-terrorism, subversion, trying to foil plots against the state of Israel, political plots and others. You tell the story about how you tried to find out what the what they call the Mossad when they deal with uh, publicly? I thought it was a reasonable question, but the trouble is uh, you can't pick up the phone book. There's no uh, Langley in, uh, in Israel that you can look up you know, CIA, or in our case, uh, the Mossad. We thought we should ask, what shall we call it in English? can translate the Hebrew words, as I said, Mossad is Institute, but when they write a letter to their friends in the CIA or the British intelligence, what do they call themselves? It took a while. Uh, it was a matter of asking the Prime Minister's spokesman. The best you could do, because officially, uh, the Mossad is under the Prime Minister's office. 
and uh, I think he sort of wondered why he wanted to know and all that, so he explained. And he came up with uh, the Israeli Secret Intelligence Service. I mean, if it were to have initials, it would be ISIS. Just simple words like that. Interestingly enough, uh, kind of the British model. Well, 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 eh? Well, 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 eh? Now, yeah, this one's going to... I just caught the Disney company deleting verses from the Christian Bible. It's Matthew seventeen twenty one. Look, these demons are beat by prayer and fasting. But then this Bible, look, it goes from 20 to 22. It skips 21. They removed it. What Bible is this? This is this red Bible, and this is this older black one. The Revised Standard Version. Who makes that? So the NIV also deletes it. Who owns them? Biblica. Who owns them? Hotter. Hotter. Who owns Hotter? Could it be Walt Disney? Holy balls. So what I did was I started a t-shirt company to get the word out so we can keep this power and keep beating demons. So pick up a shirt today, guys. Well, 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 and the plot thickens. Ooh, Australia has criminalized... Dun, 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 as of today. <clears throat> Nothing to do with me. <laughs> Australia has criminalised the use of the Nazi salute and display or to sell symbols linked to the terrorist group known as the Nazis. The new law comes in response to a surge in hate and anti-Semite. Anti anti-Khazarian speech, um, coinciding with Israel's action in Gaza. Just a little action. A little less conversation, eh? A little more action. Hmm. I don't like the word action. Sort of gets a bit scary, doesn't it? So none of them are really Semites. Oh, this was one that I'd done, yeah. Oh, no, this is... I've got the full... Um, I've got the full details to anyone that's interested. If you're on Telegram, I can send you the link. I haven't got it on um, YouTube or anything because it's all banned. It's an actual um, high, high up... Um, probably the highest in the Key of Solomon studies. And he goes through all the rituals and languages and very, very interesting docu documentary. Um, I could... I was thinking I might actually do it as a um, as a podcast, but it does make it more when you see the visuals. But you will get the whole effect of it, and to learn a bit about the um, the key of Solomon, it's a really good documentary. It's a shame it's, I can't, um, yeah, because I get through things through Telegram from people I know, and they're not they're just like video format, if you know what I mean. They're not a link to a site. Most of these things are banned anyway on just about every platform. So, what can you do? Now, there was a thing that was captured in, um, it was in a causeway in Northern Ireland about 12 years ago that wasn't even brought up anywhere that um, a hiker had posted to me. And what it was, it was a part of a cliff, all right. I don't know, by the look on the scale, it was probably about know, 14 foot by about probably know, 12 foot or something like that. And it's this big opening sort of thing. And all of a sudden, it shuts like a door. 
another thing that's hard to explain. I need I need to work out a video platform, I reckon. Um, I don't know if X does that, if, if you can do it on Twitter. I'll have to look into that. I might have to join X and um, see if I can post these things on there. If I can do that, then I can link it to Podbeam. And then after the show, uh, you just can all go and have a look at these things. That'd be fan-bloody-tastic. Gary Wayne... <clears throat> no, I just posted... Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> Welcome, everyone. Um, Today this we... is one I just posted the other day on my, I think it's 10,000, oh, sorry, 1,085th or 6th show, I reckon it was, maybe 7th. It's Gary Wayne, the Nephilim, the Fairy and Dragon, Royal Bloodlines, another fascinating look at all that sort of thing, if you're into that sort of thing. Controversial so, new treatment that may hold promise. Now, this one's in 2009, the CBS would run a news uh, story uh, talking about using a teenager's blood to reverse ageing. They even admit that this is as um, a very high, it's on very high demand. So, um, yeah, this ties a lot into this adrenaline thing that we're talking about, I guess, sort of on the level of, because it's not that sort of blood, it's not um, adrenaline blood, so to speak, and that, but it's um, still very interesting. This one goes for two minutes, 14 seconds. But at a price. It does appear to reverse the aging process. Dr. Jesse Carmazin is talking about transfusions with the young blood from teenagers, and he says it just may turn back the hands of time. That blood is going to patients over 35 as part of a clinical trial called Ambrosia, where subjects paid $8,000 to get the rich growth factors found in the platelets in blood's plasma. There's pretty much people from... Most states, people from overseas, from Europe and Australia. There have not been any published results, but the intriguing concept still found its way into pop culture. It's my transfusion associate. Dr. Carmazin says patients who Welcome have back, had Jeff. it say they feel amazing, and he has seen evidence of reversing the aging process in rats. Their brains are younger, hearts, their, their hair, if it was grey, it turns dark again. They're yeah, this is more for um, reversing aging and youth. Yeah, of course, the adrenaline one's more for a rush and a high, pretty much. But on the same token, the same sort of thing in the long run, I guess. Anti-agings and stuff like that. Has also been encouraging Alzheimer's research using young blood at Stanford. We found that it was safe and feasible to administer infusions of young plasma weekly. Dr. Sharon Shaw is a researcher who says they have seen evidence of improvement in functional ability. It's all very exciting that there can be components in blood that could be healing. Platelet-rich plasma, or PRP treatments, using a patient's own blood, have been in demand as trendy vampire facials to fight wrinkles and as joint and tissue treatments to accelerate healing. There's a lot of goodies in blood. Dr. Human Corazani is using those rich PRPs in a study at Mount Sinai to regrow hair. Mount Sinai. Oy vey! To stimulate the body. The study is ongoing, but seeing short-term They've results, always got their Dr. hand on everything, haven't they, eh? Always got their Experts hands on all the bloody things in the world. Oh, no matter what rock you turn over, who's hiding under it? <laughs> or cave. <laughs> to see the cave system they just found, eh? Oh, my God. The Lubavitches. Pulling them out like dirty rats and their bloody um, 
beds and uh, I got actually footage today of the actual tunnel system and it's actually um it's it's been there for years it's a massive rooms in there and it looks like a freaking dungeon guys it's like something out of a freaking um whorehouse yeah yeah hmm you know it's been going on with their little shenanigans don't we nothing good comes out of that freaking synagogue that's for bloody sure all right yeah I've got big police raids and everything um, yeah, I've actually just got the footage before the show of the whole tunnel system. Now, that's what I'm saying. It's a shame I can't share a lot of these things on video because they're quite interesting. They're, um, yeah. Now, this is another one that I put up about 1,084, I think, was the Dulce um, underground alien bases or base and recent UFO reports. It's an interesting um, interview with um, Anthony. His name's Anthony. <coughs> excuse me. Anthony, it's S-A-N-C-H-E-Z, Sench. Um, it's um, interesting. So I put that documentary up. There's nothing you really have to see in that one anyway. I like ones like that that you don't actually have to see it. What I do sometimes, if I can get them, I, um, even on Telegram, I can convert them to audio. So even if I don't have a YouTube link or BitChute or whatever, I can still, um, I've got things here that I can use that I can actually MP3 which is really handy, and that's how I like to do a lot of my documentaries and that that I produce that, I'll, you know, I'm not going to just sit here and just listen to a show for an hour. I wouldn't, you know, unless it's Max League and I can sort of pause him and have a bit of a yarn during it because it's usually about, you know, the world at hand and politics and stuff like that. Yeah, we're going to have a call in line, mate. If you keep on doing that, I'm just not going to take any at all, so because it just, just starts annoying me after a while. Yeah, with no, all due respect, man. It's just, just something about my... um. Yeah, my symptoms with my brain. All right, next we're moving along. Now, this is to do with copper. I don't know if, you know, it's it's getting more and more well-known now about growing with copper in the garden. It's, um, you know, you put your copper stakes in, or you can actually put a wooden stake in, rub your copper around it and go up into your gardens. You can actually do posts or you can do pyramids over certain plants if you like. But generally, just a nice... um bamboo stick into the ground or a stake and um i wouldn't use a metal stake though um there's something to do with iron that is actually the opposite which is funny that we usually use iron um, tools when we're gardening it creates a different effect it's actually the opposite effect i tried to do it because i thought i could use i had no copper so i started rebending my um which i wasted about freaking who knows how many dozen or so bloody um coat hangers <laughs> Because I thought I'd just put them in the ground and that, but I found out after a bit more study that it was actually produced in the opposite. Now, this telegram's been running a little bit funky. I would settle the internet today. So this one's not loading, but I, I gave you pretty much what he's going to tell you about the copper. Um, yeah, things can grow up to three times as big and fruits and all that. Quite an interesting... Um, I've seen too much to say that it's just a load of bull because it um, seems to be working for a lot of people. All right, I'm going to have to skip him because he's not loading anyway. He's just going to say what I just said anyway. Don't get caught on it. If I can catch it quick enough. Now, this is another thing that's really um, interested me as well, is about the bells. Now, there's a big mystery what happened in around the 1800s to, and before that. Why were they getting rid of the bells? I would gather it's got to do with harm, harmonics and health healings and things like that would be a big part. Um, I know during the war they did take a lot of them down in certain parts of the world to melt down for ammunition and stuff. But the ones that are found out that are still left around behind, they're all cracked. 
Now, why would you go to the thing of taking down a bell for a start and then deliberately cracking it? What are you trying to hide? What are you trying to get rid of here? Hmm. Makes you sort of delve all the way back to the rabbit hole of Tartaria, doesn't it, when you really think about it? Have a little listen to this. It goes for a minute. It's um, hmm, very interesting. The bell, the attack of the bells. Starting around the 1600s, there seems to have been some sort of worldwide decree to destroy church bells in places as far apart as Chicago and Tibet. During the German occupation of Europe in World War II, unprecedented confiscation and destruction of these bells took place. In Western Europe alone, over 150,000 church bells were melted down by the National Socialist regime. 90,000 of those bells were from Germany itself. The common belief is that the bells were required to be melted down for artillery, but in many circumstances the bells seem to have been simply destroyed shot with cannons or blown apart with explosives seemingly for no good reason at all. There seems to be an entire mythology or perhaps an inside joke surrounding these bells. Like the famous crack in the Liberty Bell or the hole in the world's largest bell, the Tsar Bell. What is going on here? What is going on here? Hmm? This is just one of the reasons why they removed the bells during World War II. The old world knew the healing properties of frequency and vibration. And that wouldn't do for this new world order we have. We must remain dependent on the petroleum-based medications that are prescribed to us, the addictive and deadly, with many side effects. But there was a better way. In this video clip, he's, there's three ladies up under this big bell and this guy's got a big long, like, you know, those ones where they use hanging like a log and he's donging it while they're, <clears throat> well, half their body's up in this bell, um, obviously getting the um, the Hertz vibration off the bell, quite possibly. It could have been healing events, you know. Could you imagine that, <clears throat> sitting in a chair, having a bell come straight down over you about an inch off the ground and then doing this technique, the resonance that you could put through, the 523, the 432 hertzes, all the good little bits and pieces that will help us to um, get our vigor back and our health. Mm. That seems to be the conspiracy myself. Tesla said, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, you must think in terms of frequency and vibration. Just one more thing lost to us in our hidden history. Research the mud flood and fall of Tartaria. Dig up our past. Question everything, friends. I want to buy a big bill now. I want to buy As the inheritors rolled onto the scene, posing in front of the bells that once brought healing, unity, and so much more. As Tesla said, if you want to unlock the secrets of the universe, you must think in forms of frequency and vibration. Not just the healing factors, but they were able to manipulate stone and form it into these magnificent structures that you see all around this realm that's unreplicatable today. Everything in this realm resonates with a certain frequency. There was a reason why these bells were removed in large mass, and it wasn't for ammunition Research the mud flood and fall of Tartaria. Question everything. 
question everything. Actually, I've still got one more on the bill. Oh, I didn't realize I had this extra one. Uh, yeah. Oh, I see what's going on. Yeah, some of them wanted to... Um, I'm going to let, just let this play. I'm, I hope it's not a copy of the one I played the first. I don't think it is by the looks of it. Because I only thought I had three of them here. Oh, let's see what this one is. I think it's a, a duplicate. It might not be. As it's not going to load anyway, the little sucker. Oh, that's they right. They tell us they were removed and melted down for ammunition in one of their many ill-fought wars at our expense. But what we were intentionally not made to realize is just how important these spells were in the old world. Churches, temples, buildings adorned with bell towers were not just idle places of worship. There were the healing centers of the old world. Beyond operating the similar to the principles of the Rife machine, using frequency and vibration, a technology and capability known very well in the old world. Why would we be allowed such empowering freedoms? There is no profit and control to be had in a healthy patient. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> the Vajra, depicted by so Okay, this one's um, the Vajra. Now, this only goes for 50 seconds, so I'll play a bit of this one. Vajra, depicted by so many ancient civilizations. Mainstream tells us... This is that thing, I don't know if anyone, if you don't know the name of it, it's what you see in the ancients where they're holding it in their hand and it's got like a like a cone shape or like a claw-shaped sort of bell shape on both sides of it. Yeah, that's what it's called anyway. It was nothing more than a ceremonial piece. But when you dig into the true past, you see the electric properties harnessed from the ether above was more than just used for free energy. And not just the coincidence that so many cultures and civilizations depicted this electric building device. They're also on the ends of bells. The same way. And subscribers of this channel might remember this similar fashion and design. And the bells they rounded up in the war. And they say that was for ammunition too. Question everything, friends. Yep. Very interesting. Now this one's um this one's a very interesting one. It goes it goes for five minutes. That if anyone's into the woohoo stuff, I, I find I often thought about this. It's like an imprinting time. Anyway, I won't give too much of it away. Have a listen to this. Uh, I don't mind listening to him either. This is Neil. He doesn't usually. I don't remember him going. He was more of a political sort of a character. But anyway, have a listen to this story. To tell about her family, and it was specifically it was about her grandmother. And her grandmother, no longer among us, died some time ago. Uh, but it, it, I think, I think, if memory serves, forgive the vagueness. I think it was sometime. I think possibly in the nineties or the eighties, this lady was uh, was attending a, a house party in uh, Dorset. And at this point in her life, in her eighties, she had lived in Dorset for most of her life. You know, she'd spent decades there. She'd lived in various addresses in in Dorset. And so she was in this house party and she overheard some people talking and she realised they were talking about a haunting. And the, the, a young couple 
that she didn't know and had never previously met were describing how their house was had been so haunted that they had had to move out. So, you know, her ears were pricked up at this. What an interesting story. And so she kind of butted into the, worked her way into the conversation and said, you know, I've, I've lived various places around here. I'm very interested in what you're saying. Where, where was this? Where did it happen? And they named the, they named the, they named the cottage and the address. And this lady, my agent's friend's grandmother, had lived there. <laughs> she had lived in this cottage the in that? the 1940s during World War Two. And so now she's really interested because it's a house she remembers. She said that that cottage wasn't haunted when I was there in the 40s. And the couple said, it is now. And she said, what, so what is it? What's happening? What, what were you seeing? And they, they said, well, it, it, basically, more times than we want to think about when we're sitting in the living room of an evening, there's a, a young woman suddenly there. Uh, and she's got brown hair and she's young and she's wearing, you know, she's wearing a dress. And she's crying, broken hearted, you know, thick, salty tears running down her cheeks. And then she turns and faces the fireplace and she stands beside the fireplace and she bangs her head on the wall. She nods forward and bumps her forehead against the wall over and over again, often enough and with enough force that blood, we can see blood on the wall and blood starts to run on the wallpaper and then it's gone and it's too upsetting we can't we just can't be there anymore we can't we can't deal with it we've we've gone we've left the place now and now the grand this grandmother didn't say to the couple at the time but she knew that in the 1940s she had been living there with a, a toddler and a baby, her two youngest children. And she'd been, you know, and it was the war. And her husband was away in the war. He was serving, he was an officer in the British Army, working in intelligence. And there had come a day when he had contacted her, somehow, telegram or whatever, letter, phone, I don't know, and had said, I need you to look at, I'll go through my papers and find some information for me. And she did, she went through a briefcase or whatever, and she found, amongst other things, correspondence from another woman. And she realised that her husband was or had been having an affair. And she remembered that for a few terrible nights with her toddler and her really newborn baby alone in this cottage, husband away in the war, she had cried and cried, and she it was who had turned her face to the wall and banged her head on the wall until blood flowed. And so she, this lady, alive, still alive in her 80s, was a ghost. Some aspect of her experience of trauma was still in the cottage that she'd lived in in the 1940s. And... Now, where do you go with that? What do you make? What do you make of that? Now, as I say, I've been told a lot of stories. 
But in this instance, why would this? Why would this lady have made this up? Yes. Why would she? It's possible that she made it up for whatever reason, but it's also possible that she was telling the gospel truth, yeah. and that in some way that science has yet to explain the extreme traumatic experience of a few days or a few weeks in the 1940s, long after she had left that place, it was still there, like the perfume left behind by someone who has walked out of the room, like the cigar smoke from someone smoking a cigar who's now gone somewhere else. But you walk into the room after them and you go, perfume or... I can I can relate to that because I do believe when you see people in chairs or um, these sort of apparitions that I've always thought more than likely that it is. It's an imprint in time, usually of a stressful moment. And um, and there does seem to be a lot of woes around these sort of um, so-called ghosts and hauntings like little little kid ghosts and they're usually crying or something and want help and or you know, they're screaming out for help or not necessarily at the person. And it was like that lady didn't see that. It wasn't that she's still around doing that. It was just an imprint of her from back then. Could explain quite a lot. <clears throat> now, I'm going to do an interesting story, then have a quick two-minute break, and then we'll have a call in, mate. I know you've been waiting. Thanks for being patient. So here's an interesting one in history from 1752. Now, the reading's a little bit blurry here. I'm going to try my best. Okay. Here is an interesting historical fact. Just have a look at the calendar for the month of September 1752. You can type that in in Google if you want, Google Start Page, whatever you use. Go to Google, type September 1752 calendar and see for yourself. You will notice 11 days are simply missing from the month. Here's the explanation. This was the month during which England shifted from the Roman Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. A Julian year was 11 days longer than a Gregorian year. So the King of England ordered 11 days to be wiped off the face of that particular month. Consequently, the workers worked for 11 days less that month, but got paid for the whole month. That's how we've got the concept or the terminology of paid leave was born. Hail the King. In the Roman Julian calendar, April used to be the first month of the year, but the Gregorian calendar observed January as the first month. Even after shifting to the Gregorian calendar, many people refused to give up the old traditions and continued celebrating the 1st of April as the New Year's Day. When simple orders didn't work, the king finally issued a royal dictum, which stated, that those who celebrated the 1st of April as the New Year's Day would be labelled as fools. From then on, the 1st of April became April's Fool. Hey, Isn't history really interesting when you dig into it? I think it is. I think it really, really is. All right, my friends, I'm going to have a two-minute break, and it looks like... um. Uncle All Hands might be going to give me a little bit of a call in. And um, thanks for your patience once again. And I'll catch you in about 2 minutes and 28 seconds. Gathered in their masses. Just like witches at black masses. 
we go let us rock and roll let us roll and rock let's go back here a bit let's see where we go here Osman. Oh, you're up. Hey, welcome, all hands on deck. Jeff, how you going, old mate? Send the volume up here so I can hear. Alright, I've got you up. Osman. Yeah, how you going? Can you hear me alright? You there? Are you there? I am here. Hey, how the heck have you been? All right, man. Doing good. Doing good. You sound great. Yeah, man. I'm just putting my um, headphones in. How's that? Is that any better for you? Oh, absolutely. Oh, good stuff. Hey, you know what? What a fantastic show you're having tonight. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah. That's right. No, this is such an. It's so intriguing. It's amazing. Um, the digger, you know, we, you know, we go, um, uh, I mean, the deeper we dig, 
um, the exposure that if we're inclined to consider these things in history that have been hidden from us, it's just amazing how we're starting to connect the dots. Kind of like string theory, you know? How everything's connected, or God theory. That's right. It's yeah. really amazing. It's really, really amazing. Yeah. And what I've always liked about you and your show is you're you're very um, knowledgeable, and I've learned a lot by listening to you and your show. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, well, I'm, I consider myself a pretty smart guy. But I'm trying to gain wisdom and being smart and being wise are two different things. You know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It all so, things seek um, wisdom. That's my motto. Give thanks and it yeah. all things seek wisdom. That's my two greatest probably prayers. Yeah, I'm off the charts smart. I've got a high IQ and all that, but I don't think I'm that wise. And at my age, it's time for me to gain some wisdom, you know. Um, and I'm learning more and more about wisdom, especially like four or five years ago, I swear, um, these things just started coming into my head and it, I, I really believe it was from a divine power of the universe. And, and I was being told it's all in the blood it's all in tone and frequency and resonance. And when we got into the bells, um, you probably might have saw some stuff I put in chat. Um, it's, it, it's so intriguing, is it not? No, it is. And just like Jeff said, yeah, it's a matter of discernment, isn't it, Jeff, when it comes to knowledge? How you discern it to turn it into actual wisdom, I guess. Yeah, if you're willing and you're capable to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, and that's where discernment will come from. And I've always said that the, I believe the truth is in the middle, or at least that's where we come together to discern. And... um. I think that's how we can uh, solve a lot of problems and come up with some solutions for all the erratic nonsense that's going on right now. That's right. And it's can, deadly. Yeah, well, that's exactly it's right. Deadly. And and can I can I just give Jeff? Um, I'll just say hello and, and let him come in if you want to just quickly add to anything you just said as well. Do you have something to say, I'm just glad to be on your show, man. Uh, I missed oh, yeah, you. And uh, every time I, I, I listen to you, um, and especially hearing your, your voice right now, you sound so clear, so focused. And you, you know why? Can I tell you why? And I'm sorry I confused you there because you're both named Jeff. So I'll call you all and I'll call him Jeff. But, uh, yeah, because I've given up the grog, mate. I'm not talking like a bumbling fool like I usually do. <laughs> I'm actually You're fine, making, man. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I get on here shits and giggles, and I know it's a little bit. I drink a little bit too much when I do it, and I'm a little bit out there yelling at people and um, swearing and carrying on. So I'm, I'm a bit of a different. It's like getting a new version of Oz. This 
coming up lately of the last week. And, um, I can I'm tell. Yeah. I can tell something's happened with you, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something has. <coughs> I've gone into Zen. <laughs> I think it's all the green tea and, and chamomile and jasmine that's in me running through. Is, my is that what now. it is? I think it's something to do with that. I don't know. But um, no, oh. you, you you sound very astute and very aware, and and it's like you you you're just really smart and you have wisdom, and. I like I like this kind of Oz, the one you're being right now. I do too. I'm getting to one. like him too. Yeah, it took me a few days to really get to name yourself once again. You know, it's been a while, man, since I've been off it, and I've been really pretty much indulgent. So it's become. Oh, we all got to work on ourselves, exactly, right? Man. You exactly. know. And that time had and, come. Uh, I mean, right. I was virtually given the the death warning the other week. Uh, the way that things were going, I was that bad, and um, big wake up call, and it's like no. Can't do this to my there children. was a while you were pretty pissed off at the way things were happening in your yeah. life, oh, and yeah. rightfully so. But drinking doesn't help that either. See, but, but now it sounds like it sounds like you've got some bit of clarity and um, a revelation. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen the light. <laughs> well, I don't know what it is, but you just sound so much more clear and. Yeah. Um, your your show is is profound. Bro. It helps when I haven't got any lead uh... too. <laughs> better better oh, be nice. Geez. Yeah, I know, I know. So I've got nothing, mate. I'm just running on pure. I yeah. know. I got another eight months before I can smoke weed. Yeah, right. Until I get off pro- yeah. double so secret. I just abstain from everything, man. I just go on full blown. So that's the way. But um, Jeff, uh, Ella, oh, can I give Jeff his name's Jeff next year? Um, can I just give him a a bit of a voice because he was trying to say something earlier and I just like to hit and, you know, give everyone a bit of a fair speaking ground. Did you have something yeah. to say there, Jeff? Uh, I was just going to touch on the fact of knowledge is definitely like just because you're, I don't put it, just because you're book smart doesn't mean you're knowledgeable, mm-hmm. I guess. Just because you can read something out of a book does not mean you're knowledgeable. Yeah, anyone can parrot anything or just read. That's right. From whatever you interpret, whether it's good knowledge, bad knowledge. I mean, it's all on gaining something from whatever it is you're reading, listening to, trying to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. We're all, we're all on different levels too. You can't judge each other for what path or what level they are spiritually or knowledge-wise or anything like that. You know, maybe some of us just aren't meant to be on that path at this time of our, um, if you believe in carnations or just certain people aren't meant to be there. And you can't just hold grudges against people because they don't see things or on your same level either, you know. you got to be... Absolutes can put you in a box as well, I find in life, you know. Once you're a full-blown absolute, say, even if it's a... A certain belief you know it can really it can really um hold you back on a lot of you know going further in your progress of knowledge and and all these sort of other things and and putting it all together the dots um i find that you know like for instance i hate to use him but my brother he's a jehovah's witness now if i was to present half the things that i do to him he wouldn't even he would not look at the he wouldn't even entertain the thought because it's from the demons like the devil over here because we're not part of them you know it's only the watchtower, the awake, and whatever they've got to say, and that's it. No thoughts, no philosophies, no string theories, no um, 
other processes of history, more than 6,000 years. You know what I mean? These things that have put people in boxes, and I, I find it sad because he's a highly intelligent guy, but he's in that box, and what can I do, you know? That's that's his life. That's what he's thought. And maybe people need that, you know? He, he might be highly um, not even here, if you know what I mean, uh, hanging from a rope if he didn't have that belief. So who am I to judge him and, and want to change him for that too? So that's the way I look at life now. Absolutely. Like, uh, that's why I never judge anybody because let's say like, okay, I may not be good at math, but I'm great at reading. And you may not be good at reading, but you're great at math. So everybody has their highs and lows, I guess. Their pluses and minuses. So just because one person may not be smart in a certain aspect of something doesn't mean that they are not more intelligent in another aspect. That's right. That's why I like the banks too, Jeff, and, and all, because, you know, it really opens up. If you can do it on a civil manner, it gets everyone having their perspective, you know, and then you can put it all together. It's like if you've got a problem, you know, it's amazing. You can look at something, but you get two or three people together solved in a minute. You know what I mean? Those sort of things. Yeah. I enjoy hearing everyone's thoughts, philosophies, their religious beliefs. I think it's fascinating. It is. And may I interject for a moment? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I think this is really intelligent, the kind of conversation we're having right now. And I'm I'm learning about words and the derivatives of words, and I'm starting to learn Greek and Latin um, and the power of words and then how you speak and the tone and the frequency and resonance. And when you were talking about bells earlier, I think you saw what I put in chat. And then they even spoke in that piece you um, uh, played. You know, there's a tone, there's a frequency, there's a resonance. And, you know, I, I, I keep trying to tell people that the truth is in the middle. Okay? And that's where you stop judging. And that's where you start considering. Consideration is just consideration. It doesn't mean you have to make up your mind on the spot. It just means take some time out to consider. And when you bring people from the far left and the far right, and you can get them in the middle, and you get everybody to put down their judgments, and you trade judgment for consideration, you can find solutions. That's right. You might be able to find some truth on each side that will create a solution, a plan, something better than just fighting and saying, we're right all the way over here or we're right all the way over here. And, and that's why I always have been trying to tell people for the last few years, the truth is in the middle, the middle ground. But that's part of the whole propaganda, isn't it? Because they want us divided like that anyway. So that's the whole plan, you know? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, and if in the power of humankind and, and the, and the big word that I've been pushing around right now is the word kind, K I N D. Mankind, humankind, Mm -hmm. kindness, kin, 
Kin is from kind. Kinship. I mean, kind is such a huge word. And to be kind. King. Now, if you want to judge, that means you're just going to be prejudiced. And and I don't care what anybody says. We're all prejudiced in some ways because we see the world the way we do. But when we trade our our intelligence, you know, if we're smart, and it's not really stay smart, that's a good thing. But wisdom is a whole different thing. And wisdom is when you come to the middle and you understand how to propagate a solution to a problem or an effect that needs to be done. And right now, we are in a holy hell mess worldwide. That's right. And and it's division six ways from Sunday. And I don't know what it's going to take to get people to come to the table in the middle and well, don't not, judge each other. It. We're not going to have it while we've got division amongst ourselves, you know. We just, we've just got to come together as a human species, a human race, and deal with these demons that are... Um, there's, only, there's not many of them exactly. up there. Exactly. Not many of them up there. And I have a, I, I, I have this, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a prophecy or, a, I mean, I've been told maybe, that, like, oh, I've got these weird cult churches after me that think I'm an oracle because I. Keep going, mate. You dropped out if you, if you're still talking, I can't hear you. I'm fascinated to know why they think that about you. We can't hear you all. No, he's gone out. Did you have anything to add, Jet? Oh, he's dropped. Seems in that oh, okay. He dropped, dropped. Got you. Uh, no, I kind of just want to touch on, like he was saying, you know, uh, different types of beliefs, different types of views. Like, if me and you read the same thing or see the same thing, mm-hmm. you may interpret it completely different than I do. Well, the Christian it faith shows mean... that alone, doesn't it? 30,000 different oh, denominations out of one book. Go figure that one out. Well, we don't even want to touch on religion. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that as a good example, though. Yes. That's, I mean, I'm a firm believer in a higher power. Yeah, me too. Um, because, obviously... If you read, like, you know, the Bible or the Holy Quran or the Book of Enoch or, you know, any of those other, you know, books of religion, if you don't follow the Christian, I guess, false religion, yeah, uh, they all pretty much go along with the same guidelines of do good to others, you know, treat people with respect. Kind of like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Chris, I mean, it's like, okay, so who's to say that Jesus is the Son of God or isn't? What if he was just an apostle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I can go into all that, but yeah, I'll stay away from that myself. Yeah. 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 
it just turns people off, you know. I've got yeah, I've got some things I could say definitely about even that alone, but yeah, I'd just rather not go down that path either. Yeah. Been down there, yeah, I've done totally, that over the years, I've said my piece, you know, and um that's it. Yeah, it can be very awkward when it comes to that because I don't want to really, you know, um yeah, do that for them. But I, yeah, I, I get where you're going. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I know what you mean though. Yeah, there are certain aspects of that sort of thing, but and that's what I mean. Different faiths have different things. I mean like same with um Islam and other ones, you know. Um I'm not sure about um what's the ones that the Pakistans do? Um I haven't looked much into their belief. Uh Muslim? No, the um is it Hinduism? Pakistan's more Hindu. Hindu yeah, Hindu. Yeah, that's one religion I'm gonna look at this week actually. I haven't really put that one under the microscope and studied well, not to analyse it too much, but just to get a bit of a gist of their beliefs. I think that'd be fascinating. I'm just put, just put one together actually about the Church of Scientology. I haven't looked much into them apart from today. I've been studying them today, and um, so I thought I'll do a bit of research on them. I just put up on a show before this one, actually, if anyone wants to go and have a listen to that too. It's a fascinating one. It's, um, it's a pretty negative <laughs> um, outlook on this, this cult, I call it. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, yeah, that's a big, another little rabbit hole I've gone down. Hinduism is going to be the next one on my list, and I'll bring that up probably next week and um, get into that. I'm actually doing a show on, on Outside on Saturday. We're thinking I'm doing the Cabbage Patch Kids. Have you ever heard of that theory or um, conspiracy? Oh, yes. So that that's a bit of a deep rabbit hole, though, because it goes off, branches off pretty quick from when you when I'm going to present it, I haven't even started it yet, but I know the outline that I'm going to use. And then it goes off into something else that you, a lot of people probably haven't heard about. Um, I, don't, I don't want to give too much away, you know, <laughs> a magician never gives away right, secrets. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, there's a few rabbit holes just thought about the cabbage patch where it goes off onto. So it's an interesting, yeah, very interesting. And the earliest movie that was made, um, oh, just there's a lot of little connections there, but it goes a lot deeper than just the cabbage patches that sort of represent oh, something yeah. else. Yeah. So, yeah, come and join us for that one. Um, I think it's about 10 o'clock. You're, you're in America, aren't you, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, Eastern. I think it's Eastern time. It's about 10. Yeah, anyway, Eastern. Yeah, so you're, you're now hitting around if you're, you're in outside, so you'll catch up in the next week when it's on. Bro, Russ isn't too yeah. good at the moment, you know. Doing it a bit hard with his health. <laughs> Some something come out, hit him out the blue. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. an open line too. Anyone in the room, you're most welcome to call in. Oh, well, I was yeah, actually I'm just going to do a show, but um, I don't mind having yeah. people. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm, don't, I'm, don't, I'm finding don't it easier. I'm finding it easier, Jeff, if I can just present something for me hour or 45 minutes, I've got to do it and then have a call in line. Now I'm sort of structuring it that way than just having people just call in while I'm just started or anything like that because, I don't know, I think I can roll better and then it gives people at the end of it some questions about the different things I've brought up as well. So I think that's a good, really good well, way to do it. Absolutely. And you've got like a structured so like you know what you're wanting to talk about. Yeah, and then because I bring up not just the one thing, I don't. I hate just sitting here. If I've got something over, uh, at least over half an hour, I'd prefer just to put it up as an actual show itself on its own than just sit here for half an hour. I'd rather do more two to five minute or maybe 15 minutes even at the most sort of um, productions through it and then at the end of it, at the hour, 
I'm going to play it more like that from now on. And then um, that way it saves people. They can go away if they really want to call in. Unless it's distressing. The only problem is when I've tried to do that structure is people have rang me up and I said, okay, you sure you want to call in? Because if you, you, know, you really need to talk to someone, you know, if someone's depressed and they're suicidal and stuff, of course, call in any time, you know. And then they call in and they Absolutely. say, I didn't get cheese on my hamburger today. I'm really pissed off. And that that's where I go, see you later. You know, like, I don't really want to talk about that. I said distressing. That's not distressing to me. <laughs> Distressing's like I'm tying a rope at the moment. You know? I'm looking at a razor blade. Right. <laughs> or you're, someone's just passed yeah. away in your family and you need to consult. You know, that sort of stuff. Not my hamburgers, but right. some, some salad or something. Stupid thing. <laughs> right. I've only got three pickles instead of four. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like that's not distressing. Out of here, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, oh, I woke up and stubbed my toe today. Well, that sucks. But <laughs> <laughs> did you hear about the comet that's supposed to be coming in this year? Um, what they call it? Uh, is it demon or de- I played it? De- I actually played yeah. it. Demon oh, comet. Man. Yeah. Yeah, Nemo. Yeah, that's it's supposed to be about what do they say? Three times the size of Everest, I think. That's a bloody big comet. Uh, they say it is almost as big as Haley's comet. Oh, okay. Oh, so Haley's was bigger. I've seen Haley's back in the day. I actually I was right into astrology. Yeah, I remember seeing that as a youngster. I was probably only about me reckon, too. Twelve. Or, I was born in seventy-one. So when did that come through? About eighty-six or something. I can't remember. I think I was no, only about I remember, 12. I remember there was another comet that came through. Yes. Yeah, that's after right. that, because I was born in 89. Okay. I want to say it was like 90. Yeah, I don't think that was Haley's, was late it? Late 90s. Yeah. Was that Apophis or something like that they called it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was a Haley's. Oh, okay. Might have been as it's, it's round coming back. It might have been Haley. It might have been older than what I thought. Ah, oh, yeah. It could have been. I had the book I'm and everything. Sure I lost Haley's it. Comet. Yeah, oh, I was right into that. I used to love it. I used to go and lay out on the roof at night and just watch the stars. Always been fascinating in, in the stars, man. Always just had this this thing about out there, you know. Always just fascinates me. Me too, man. Uh, I love the stars. What uh, fascinates me more, though, is like our actual world. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the whole, yeah, I know, it is just, oh, man, it just boggles my brain, it's nearly like infinity, thinking of infinity itself, when you think of even the diversity of this planet, it's just incredible, man, it's just, it, we're in such an amazing place, man, it's just, it's a shame that it's just run by corrupt thieves and, you know, crooks, because they're just the energy, what we could do with free energy alone, you know, little things like that, and you know, not harming, you know, these, oh, just the bad vibes of this planet is just absolutely terrible. What we should should be doing, we're, we're definitely off the path um, as a species for sure. Oh, absolutely. Way off, way off. You know, we know we can have free energy. We can have cars running on hydrogen, you know, all these little bits and pieces that just could make this place. Hemp, hemp could just about turn the whole world around as well. Another amazing thing that we should be using for just about everything. Thousand and a one uses plus what we could just be doing with them but the um the petrodollar doesn't seem to like that idea so for now we're just in this little little rut i guess you could call it that makes makes you wonder if we're in that little time you know where we're just completely 
don't know. Everything everything just seems to be upside down and backwards, man. It's just really weird. It's so bizarre. It's yeah, it's crazy. And uh, like to think of like the whole flat earth flat earth and round earth thing. Yeah, that's been coming out a lot lately, hasn't it? The flat earth. Um that that was actually quite common back um I think before the eighteen hundreds. That was actually more of a taught thing, even from the Bible itself. Uh-huh. Well, actually... It says in the Bible that the earth is on a firmament, mm. and there's four pillars. That's right, yeah. And it actually actually speaks upon or about that in multiple books, like multiple uh, religious books. How could that Jesus earth... be tempted up on the mountain with all the kingdoms? If How could he see all the kingdoms if it was round? Another one? The, the, mm-hmm. book, the Bible actually proves more that the earth's flat than round, actually, if you really put it all the scriptures yes. together. Well, and if you look at like uh, plane flight patterns, mm-hmm. so I can't remember exactly. Like, I'm just going to use countries for an example. So, say like a flight from, I don't know, say Pakistan to the United States. Yeah. You would think that you could just go in a straight line, you know, okay. all the way around. But if they have an emergency landing, why do they land somewhere completely out of the way? I know. I've, I've seen all that too. I've seen all that evidence. It's incredible. That that just alone just go, makes you go, something's not right here, man. Way out here, over there. What are they doing at that island or that airport when they should be going from there to there? You know, just... Right. I know. It's really weird stuff. Yeah, it's, and, it's just crazy to think that, like... Uh, and, and what about when, when they're piloting? How come they don't have a decrease in their um, altitude, or whatever you call it, while they're, they're going? They should have a decrease every so many... I forget the name, how many kilometers it should be or miles, but there should be a 2% two per, two decrease if they're going around a curvature as well. That's another interesting issue. Mm-hmm. And I, they've, I've seen a guy that actually went around to all these pilots and they said, no, we don't. We don't um, have a drop. Why don't they have it in when they build dams? Why isn't there a drop in the dam? There should be a drop in the, these long dams, um, what do they call it, causeways or whatever. Bridges, um, railway tracks, um, you know, when they're doing that, um, what do they call it, when you're trying to get your straight line? It, not oh, um, dang it. Pros- prospector, is it? Is it um, yeah, prospecting. Yeah, yeah. Why is there no tilt in that? Yes, it actually uh, it proves more that, that it's, um, it's flat than round, actually, when you look at all those sort of issues like that. Um, yeah, it is an interesting subject, you know, like, I don't see anyone as kooks for thinking that, what do you call it, a theory or yeah, or a belief, you know? Just when people get very pushy on it, that can really upset the... People get very argumental in that sort of community on both sides. So I sort right. of steer away from it when it comes to any debates and that. But I just like to look at the interesting facts about it, you know? What's another one? There's so much. Uh, um, the wall, what's outside the ice wall? Yeah, the ice wall. Yeah, the continents. That um, yeah, that's what a lot of people think. With they think we're flat and it's just an ice wall. But what about all the other civilizations beyond that ice ice wall? And then another ice wall. I've seen that sort of structure, which would make sense. Which would mm-hmm. and people go, well, why would they want to hide it? Well, if they if they made out we're in such a small place, we're, we're limited resources, aren't we? And they can make more money out of us. If we knew that there was a better place beyond the ice wall, we'd be all freaking getting out of this freaking hell hole and going there, probably. You know. <laughs> Right. Stuff this place, you just keep it to yourself, then you bunch of demons. We're going over there where the people are bloody. I mean, Admiral Byrd said, do you remember him? He said that he went down through the hole in the Antarctic and there was a civilization there with flat screen TVs and everything. Uh-huh. Um, 
advanced pretty much where we're at now. You know, living like that back well, in, and they, when, what was that, the 30s, I think he went down there? Mm-hmm. There was an explorer yeah. that was trying to navigate this the um, the South Pole, and it was like pretty much the circumference of the Earth. You know, it was just oh, half the circumference, and it's, and it's only supposed to be this little blob down the bottom. What's that all about? I forget who that was. I know Captain Cook went down there, and um, his findings seem bigger than what they say that the Antarctic is as well, which is another one. Why is everyone banned from going there? You turn up within so many miles from the coast and you've got these freaking ships turning up on you and telling you to turn around and go back. Right. But you can have the... I can't remember exactly what treaty it was that all the countries signed that pretty much said that like nobody can just go down there and research. That's right. I think um, Russia's pulling out of it this year completely. I think they've, I don't know why, but I've heard that they're going to actually pull out of that, that whole thing that having nothing to do with it for some reason. There's a lot of talk about the Germans wanting to go there um, or went there. Uh It's another, another one. No, Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot about the um, the poles, that's for sure. I remember in the 15, uh, the, I'm just trying to think of the name of the map now. Uh, damn, it was on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, this map, and it shows you the circumference of coming up around like an ice wall, but it, it's really weird on this map. It shows you the animals. Like down the bottom, it shows you sort of like coldish sort of animals. And as I got mm-hmm. up towards around to New Africa, sort of um, on the on the scale of Earth, they sort of got more like African sort of um, animals, you know, like warmer climate animals. And really interesting map. The, oh, God, I just forgot it again. It's a 1500 map, um, Felice's map or something like that. I've got it actually up in my notes. I just, I think I brought it up the other day again. And um, you can just type in map of the 1500s and it shows you, it virtually shows you a wall, but at that time it wasn't ice. It was just pretty much land mass with, and that's only going back 500 mm-hmm. years ago, man. Like, mm-hmm. so a lot have changed in this, this world, like even the mud flood theory. Have you looked much into that? That's an interesting one as well. What happened? Uh, what's it called? The mud flood? The mud flood where they're finding a lot of these buildings. Like you look at a lot of cities and that with these little windows sort of just sticking out and then they have earthquakes and they find that it was a whole building under that, you know, it was actually literally um, like things were, um, there was this big mud thing that happened nearly globally that um, buried a lot of um, up to the windows, like up past the doors of most buildings. So what they done, they just leveled the streets out or whatever and then put a new door in and then made them as cellars. But even under them cellars, there's actually like a a full two-story rooms in some places, but they blocked that off until an earthquake shows you. And then when it shows you, when it goes, oh, shit, there's an actual building under here, you know, part of the actual building that's on top. So something really weird happened as well in that. It's a bit un- unexplainable. I've come up with a few theories that there is a natural event that can turn soil into um, liquefy it. And there's proven mm-hmm. studies. There's a guy that actually does it on, I think it might have been YouTube. I've seen it on Telegram. And he shows you that it is a, another one that can form it is um, that happened, I forget if it was, I don't know if it was Chile or another one that 10 or 20 years ago, it was a, if you've got a volcano with ice, like an ice volcano, um, that can create a mud, a mudslide, mud flood as well, where their village was half invaded, and when it all settled, it just looks like half the houses were there. You know what I mean? 
which is virtually like a mud flood. So some of these could have been caused from high volcanoes that just blew and then all the ice melted and then come down as a slurry. That's another possibility. Mm -hmm. So, but that, that goes into the whole Tartaria sort of documentaries and that, which I've got, you've heard about the Tartaria sort of theory. Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. Interesting rabbit holes to go down for sure. Do you, do you reckon that seems to be more around the Russian Kazarian area, the, the, um, the main place for Tartaria or the, the center? Of Tartaria? Uh, Seem to come across because it does seem we're on some sort of worldwide, um, especially when it comes to the pyramid structures, that we were a sort of a worldwide community at one stage, um, or like a big empire um, where we all just knew technologies from each other. I mean, the in, in Tutankhamun's um, thing that they found, they found a boomerang from Australia in there. And um, we've got hieroglyphics um, in Sydney just near the Blue Mountains that um, have got hieroglyphs from Egypt. So they even must have come to Australia. Acacia was in the Ark of the Covenant. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, the Acacia, which was a well-known one here in Australia. Um, so I think we had a really worldwide sort of... Um, contact with each other at some point in trades trading systems and things like that so, but we're just not told a lot of these things man i used to hate history at school i thought it was so boring until i left and i started learning the real history of and like whoa man it's fascinating it blows me away daily the more i learn about you know the history that's been hidden from us it's just incredible right well and that's like what sucks is because over years and years and years and years and years, they finally windled out. I mean, like, nowadays, dude, they don't even teach really about World War One or Two. No. Me growing up, when I was growing up, that's, I mean, that was a big, especially that in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, but now it's like, uh, I don't know how it is in Europe from Australia, correct? Yeah. Now, does your do your students, I guess, whatever your kids that go to school, are they still teaching them cursive? I don't think they are. Um, I've only got my daughter; she's the last one. My boys are out now. Um, I'll ask her. I, I don't. I've seen her writing it. That's that's not cursive, no. So I doubt that they are. I've seen all of my yeah. children's writing, and they don't write cursive at all. It confuses the shit out of me. Yeah, I don't think they. Know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't teach no more. My my niece is, she just turned sixteen and yeah. she does not know how to write cursive. Yeah, no, nah, I'm sure mine don't either. Yeah, yeah, just you know, generation just pretty much wiped. Well, half the time they give them laptops now, and it's gone to technology now. Yeah, well, most of the time they're just bloody on a laptop and all that sort of crap now, and it's just nothing to do with even handwriting. I mean. I was, um, my daughter's not too bad, but my boys, their handwriting's quite bad, man. Like, I was just, well, she's compared to what, you know, what I was like, well, my whole, um, generation and that, just the average kid, their handwriting was, was pretty good. And we used to have cursive, I can write, you know, that was just part of it. It was, I couldn't believe how you can't do it, you mm -hmm. know, but, but just the handwriting alone now, just without cursive is just atrocious to me. It's just, well, it's pretty bad, man. So, yeah, because they're much yeah. more on computers now, mate. They're, and it's the same with tests. They, you know, back in our day, we had to use our brain. Now they just type it in a freaking calculator. I mean, 
There's no thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at shops now. You go to a shop and give a 17-year-old girl, if she says it's it's $2.05, you give a $5 note and $0.05, cent, she, she looks at you like you've got 10 heads. She doesn't know how to calculate that. She's got a, It's like she, they nearly have a panic attack. It's like it's $2.05, mm-hmm. I'll give you $5.05. That means you're giving me $3, nice and clean change. Mm-hmm. Got to calculate it. and <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy. It is. It is crazy. They've really, really dumbed down this society. It does worry me, man, like for them too, because they have really done a good job on dumbing them down in the schooling system. I don't know what the hell they're teaching them now. It's just apart from, well, the younger ones now, they're trying to get all these bloody, we're fighting over here actually to get rid of all these um, kiddie porn books that they're trying to teach the kids, you know. Literally porn. What? Freaking primary school, mate. A six-year-old's crying out loud. About anal sex and, you know. You have to go on about all that, but you know what I mean. Well, that's right, of, right. Yeah, to put a condom on and get out of here. You know, they're really wow. um, attacking the children, man. Demons. Book hour with these drag queens. We're going down and kicking them out now, anyway. In most of our cities, we just we're just going down there as groups and just pretty much dragging them out by the hair and telling them to get out of their freaking libraries. It's the parents that take them there, they mate. It's like these Mardi Gras and mm-hmm. that. It's just they should all be freaking. Oh, I don't know. That one that happened last year where they're running, they're literally walking around naked, um, these men, old men and that, and, and everyone else with their bums hanging out doing doggies down the street. And you see these little kids with their parents there with all, ah, oh, it's like, how on, that's, oh, I just want to smack them across the head, man, when I see that, the parents, I really, really do. It's abuse, man. It's, yeah, it's sad. It is. Completely brainwash themselves, you know. You know, and then turning their kids, you know, oh, I think I might be a girl. So, okay, we're going to put you on all these things and cut everything off you. And then the highest suicide rate is actually in transgenders because they, they work out when they get older that they, they've been they're screwed up in the head because probably all the chemicals they've been put on too doesn't help. And then they go, shit, I'm, I'm not actually want to be a girl. I actually feel like I'm, I'm a man now that the hormones are trying to start kicking in. It's just, it's just terrible. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Mm. What do you do? I mean, parents are doing it to them like far out. So really, it's their generation. Like you, you're. I say so you were 89. You were born, were you? Yeah, I'll be oh, 35. Yeah. yeah, so you're fairly youngish. Yeah, it seems to be more. I don't know what era it all started going the crap. Um, uh, after my generation. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was just thinking. It was. Probably more than nineties. No, well, you're eighty nine. Would have been about about two thousand. Yeah, two thousand would have been the pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah, two thousand. Oh yeah. Well, oh god, I keep getting my numbers. Well, that's twenty. Yeah, that'll be right. All the twenty year old mums and dads now that are all screwed up in the head. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be pretty right on there. It would be about the two thousands. Mm-hmm. It's all these younger ones now that you know. Uh, I don't know. Like your Gen Zs and your yeah, yeah, all that sort of crap. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm I'm right against all that. I just got no time for it. So, right. I mean, each each of them has their sexuality. But the thing that you know that um, gives even like some closet homos sort of like people that you wouldn't even know a bad name is all these ones that go to these Mardi Gras with their bum and everything hanging out, you know, that's just shows you that's over-sexualisation. And that's that's what I hate. That's what gives me the bad taste. I don't like all that crap. Promiscuity and, you know, debauchery, just the way that they, they act and their persona. And it, it 
and I know um, quite a few homosexuals and lesbians that, that are right against that as well because they, they think it's disgusting. You know, there are some out there that actually don't agree with all that sort of bullshit. But they all get the same rap, unfortunately. I mean, God, back in my day, we used to do, well, not me, but they used to do homosexual bashing. So things have changed even since I was younger. Okay. Mm -hmm. Homo's gone to the tour, running there and built the crap out of him, you know. So things have changed in that regard. It was because of the perversion there that people just had enough of it. And, but now it just seems to be second nature. I mean, it's on the shows everywhere now. Like everything's soft porn now, virtually on anything you look at. These dating sites, these um, what's this one they got now? Uh, where they all stay in a house together, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. And then you got the subliminals that they put in cartoons for kids. Oh yeah, like what was that one? It was right in your face, The Lion King, where sex come up in the dust. Little things like that mm -hmm. that they do. Yeah, it just goes on. The perversion. Yeah. Oh, little Mermaid. Do you, know, do you know why I think they're attacking Christianity, which is pretty much what's going on as well, um, is that I think it's not Christianity itself. I think it's more the values of Christianity. You know, um, I think that's what they hate about Christianity, and that's why there's a big attack on them. Because um, a lot of people are saying, oh, there's a big attack because of Satan. You know, his forces are attacking Jesus. You know, it's pretty much a war. But if you look at the other hand of it, it's... It goes a bit deeper to me than just that. It seems to be more that they're attacking that because of the values of, of a so-called Christianity belief, mm -hmm. you know, um, non-debauchery sort of values, where now right. it's just turned into Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, because I find in, in history that through just before the fall of an empire is um, immorality. Have you ever noticed that mm -hmm. when an empire is about to collapse? It's usually... Degeneracy, immorality, it all sort of surfaces right at the end. It's like the last bit of the scum before the empire falls. <clears throat> I mean, so. look at the United States. Well, the, uh, fine example. And, yeah, they're at about the verge of that as well because it's, what is absolutely. the years? 250 years is not the average that a, a civilization rises or a kingdom, an empire, mm -hmm. rises and then collapses. I'm pretty sure it's they're right on they're right on that level now of of the average of when a a kingdom or yeah a world ruler or a massive mm -hmm. ruler where like Rome and or the other empires have formed Babylon. Well, that's like the thing is it's like you know back in Greek times you know Greek mythology Roman all that yeah like the Romans led the whole entire world mm -hmm. for you know however and then when they died it became the Greeks yeah. And they did it for 250 years. And then yeah. now it's just the United States. I hate to say it. Uh, we're, we're some freaking bullies, man. We we really are. And it's sad. Well, uh, we're working for the bankers, yeah. yeah, the oil companies, yeah. The poppy yeah. fields in Afghanistan, all that. Yeah, you're being used for sure. And it's like... We put our nose in way more shit than we need to. Sorry about that. I had an alarm come on. I forgot. No, you're good. Like uh, the whole Ukraine uh -huh. and Pakistan war. Ukraine, Russia, like whatever. We should have never put yeah, that's our right. nose into it. But instead, we send $70 billion uh -huh. to them. And then you wonder, you know, then everybody's like, 
Oh, well, we can send $70 billion to a, a country that needs foreign aid, which no, they don't. They've been doing this their whole exactly. fucking lives. Um, but we can't take our own people off the streets. We can't give you know our vets that fought, regardless of what war or whatever, to protect and serve for our country. And we can't even give them a no, place to rest. No, no, yet. but we can bring in freaking... But we can send seventy oh, but, billion but dollars. We bring in seven thousand immigrants a day. That's fine. While well, the veterans all go out there and and um just yeah have no housing or anything, but we won't look after them. Yeah, just simple little things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, the housing crisis there. The that it's um I think it was Pennsylvania or, or something like that. I seen the other day with all the the drugs as well. Now it's just all down the street. They're just like zombies, man. What's that fentanyl? I think fentanyl's mm-hmm. the big one now. That's really messing them up. Yeah, yeah. People. That was in, that was more, you know, a bit of a conspiracy. But I reckon the fentanyl was a payback from China from the opium uh, wars. The opium, um, what happened to China with opium? Do you ever think <laughs> that? It's <laughs> mm. <laughs> not paybacks, a bitch. And so now they they're doing it back to America. What was done to them? Because that's what pretty much happened to them, wasn't it? The opium. Um, that's how they were bringing down China. Was introduce <laughs> opium. So. And I'm sure they know that. Most of the world knows that. So they're thinking, oh, okay, pay it back here. Because that stuff hardly lethal, eh? Like, and it's going in lots of drugs now, even marijuana, isn't it? Like, you've got to watch getting laced mm-hmm. in heroin, um, cracked. And, yeah, it's it's a real bad problem, man. It's, yeah, it's making its way into everything. That's why, like, with my uh, marijuana, I only get one yeah, from a dispensary. Yeah. Like it can't be because it's not chemically altered. Like can't be tampered with. Yeah, like from from distribution to right. pick up. Yeah, it's that's it. There's no yeah. There's no middleman like some guy on the back street in a car. You know, some honky donk. You know, he's mm-hmm. just picking up a, a couple of grams or something. Yeah, I know what you mean. So um, yeah, that's that's the best way to go. Unless you grow yeah. your own, of course. You know. But um, yeah, I think you'd be you'd be playing Russian roulette if you really couldn't trust your dealer. That's for bloody sure. You really want to know them to just go to some side street and try and get yourself a, you know, some dope. Mm-hmm. Should I remember you used to be able to walk up to anybody and go, okay, man. Oh, yeah. 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 We used to have yeah. them sitting down the pub. Yeah, man. Now it's like, <laughs> yeah, freaking hash and everything. Yeah, back in my days, it was just like, bloody take your pick. And they literally sit there like you stand out. The, the cops wouldn't even give a shit, you know. They just knew you were sitting there just doing that. So they could have done bus every night. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing you don't see around much now, like back in, well, back in my day, in the, probably around the eighties more, is hash, man. Like seventies, well, seventies it was more prominent. You used to get nice big bowls of that, but you don't see much of that around now. Oh more. man, yeah. Is it the same there? Is it, or can you buy it there at? Yeah. Um, you know, vendors or whatever. You you can, but not nearly mm. like what it was. Probably the pissiest little bit for what you pay anyway. I remember for twenty dollars, mm. my dad used to get. Oh, he was telling me, um, pretty much nearly half the size of a golf ball for twenty bucks. That's yeah. crazy, man! I'm telling you, the good old days, eh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you can have any here. I'm not sure of their laws. I don't really follow much of them. Make up a rule or something. <laughs> I can't get this shit anyway, so it's no big drama to me. So, 
Yeah. I just stick to yeah. the marijuana. Yeah, that's the way. I used to be into some hardcore shit back, you know, growing up and shit. But I mean, nah, I think yeah. everybody partied once in a while yeah. when they were growing up. Yeah. Yeah, it's if you can't if you can't do that, you know, like I don't know why, you know, and the medicinal purposes as well. You know, that's the other thing they're finding now, especially with um, treating tumours and cancers and things. Like, a lot of people are having benefits with that. That's more um, eating and what do they call them over there? Guppies, is it? Guppies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you get, I think you can get the oil here. I'm not sure. Um, I'm pretty sure you can, but it's, from what I've heard, it's about $80 a bottle. It's really, really dear, apparently. I guess you could, if you hmm. found backyard growers, could probably do it. There's a guy called Rick Simpson. Have you heard of him? I think yes, he's over Rick here, Simpson. actually, in Australia. Um, I don't know if he can if he does it here though, because I know he was a big advocate of it, wasn't he? he was, um... Yeah, they have uh, oil named mm -hmm. after Rick Simpson oil. I reckon he's in Melbourne, Australia. Actually, I think that's where he lives. I'm pretty sure it's Melbourne. Yeah. Hey, Melly. Hey, Paul. Hey, g'day, Eddie. And anyone I missed? <laughs> Anyone's welcome to call in. Yes, it's a bit of an open line at the moment. Yeah, we're just talking about Steph. <laughs> what up, 4Q? A lot of the big talk too at um, the last couple of years has been solar flares too, EMP um, strikes and things. It's a high possibility. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes and no. Uh, I mean, that's always been something that could happen. I mean. Yeah. You know, stars blow up, flares. Yeah. Whatever. I mean. I'm sure that, you know, 1,500, 23,000 years ago, they probably did have solar flares. Yeah. Seemed to be more from the sun, though, um, corona mass ejections, because in the 1800s, they had one. And um, it was that big, it would fry pretty much after whatever, whatever, wherever it hit. Say America, you know, it'd fry all your relay systems and everything out. So that wasn't all that long ago that that one hit. Um, that was the problem. Um, I think it was Trump, and I don't think he went through with it. He could have done a system on the relays. I think they call them relays between stations, and that that he could have covered them in I think it was aluminium to stop these things happening. Because I think they were more worried too about a, a, a threat from China. Because from what I know, you, you all you do is put a nuke up in the air about twenty thousand feet, and that'll give you an EMP pulse that'll wipe out wherever it hits in that part of the country. So I think if China was going to invade, um, I think that's what they will do uh, if they were going to attack America. I'd say that they'd send a, some fast nukes um, on subs, speed subs, and um, send them just off the coast, detonate them, and at the same time hit one, you know, hit them over America up in the sky at 20,000 feet and um, There'll be a tsunami and, and an EMP strike without even nuclear or um, 
you know, boots on the ground warfare. It's a scenario I think of sometimes if they were going to do something like that. And no chemicals, no, you know, nuclear fallouts and just walk in and pretty much... Because America would kill itself, like, you know, imagine no power just the first two weeks, just that alone. I mean, it would just be absolute mayhem, man. No cars, no phones, no and the drugs that people couldn't get that are on certain drugs that are coming off them. People letting their dogs out because, you know, or animals getting escaped because after that it'd be what? Then six months later, there'd be dogs and, and animals everywhere because no one could feed them because they'd be looking for food themselves. It, it'd just go to shit, mate. The, the, um, everyone would just turn on each other as it is. Well, it's pretty... They're trying to push, I think. Do you believe that they're trying to put... Been pushing a civil war in, in America? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be like the north versus the south i think it's going to be us versus our, mm -hmm. our government that new movie that's come out's interesting isn't it have you seen the preview to that this year i'm not sure of the name of it it's about pretty much the scenario that you talked about um everything goes to shit and then the governments um people start uprising i think against their government and start taking over their states and then the national guard and all that's brought in i think the united nations to yeah, it was like a war against, it sounds like a war against the people, against the governments. And then everything just goes to shit, yeah. Just out, outright martial law. So that's the other thing, martial law will be brought in, United Nations. And they won't give a shit because they're all foreign troops. We've got the same thing here. Right. We've got, yeah, that's when anarchy or something happened here. They'll just bring the United Nations, mate, and they don't care about your country, that all your people, and just mow you down and... That's just the way it goes. So they'd be their little puppet for the for this little new world order, new world disorder. Mm. Makes you wonder, like, yeah, they're trying it's to even push the who now, um, the world health authorities, that they got authority over our own country, you know, if there's a pandemic now. I don't know if that's passed. It was supposed to be passing. But... That means you've got no, what's the use having a government or a um, any sort of constitutional or republic or of any sorts if if another entity outside of your own country has can have authority just because some, you know, some trader, treasonous trader in government decides that's it, we're going to go by these regulations, we're signing up to this, and whatever they say we're going to do, you know. Mass vaccinate everyone, that's part of that. If you don't like it, you're going to go into a concentration camp. See you later. You're not going along with everyone else. Pretty much what it's going to boil down to. Right. Because I heard Walmarts are being made for that in America. That they're virtually a um, way that the... the um, there was one sure sign of that was the way that they... Oh, sorry, I'm just trying to shut my window here. I'm not blind. Um, the way that they made the wiring around it, it's to keep people in, not to keep people out, which is a bit suspicious. I heard brought up the blue lights was another one. I think they can use the blue lights to see who's had the jibby jabs because it will stand out under the under the light because it's in their veins and that sort of thing. There's a lot of possibilities. What's going on with the police stuff, man? It's um, it's just right there, you know. Eye scanners. Um, Facial, everything, everything, scan, scan, cameras everywhere, tracked on your phones. Mm -hmm. I mean, just goes on and on. Then the digital ID they want to bring in, or the digital um, 
the currency thing. What, you've been a bad boy? Oh, well, we're just going to have to not give you your pay this week, you know, this month. And that's it, like they're doing in China, mate. That's how they want the world, eh? They just want us one big freaking shithole like China, where, okay, you've done a speeding fine, you won't even get the ticket. They'll just take it straight out of your account. So that's pretty much how they want to get us going into this... 15 little minute cities and you know and then if you go outside your zone you'll be you'll be um you know fined as well then <clears throat> so yeah it's a big flop man it's like these cars mate like look at all these freaking electric car crap i mean how are they run anyway how are you charging them if you're still charging them on coal scene or petro freaking um um fueling um like mm -hmm. energy <laughs> All right, you might have a battery that's not that, but what about all the lithium and all the um, environmental things and all the slaves that have got to get that lithium from Africa and other countries? You know, no one thinks of all these other things. Mm -hmm. And these these things blow up, mate. Have you seen them when they catch on fire? You can't even put the bloody things out. They'll burn underwater. Yep, and that's what... In, like, uh, where, I, where I live, they are building 17 battery factories right now. Unreal. It's got to stop. Like maybe fifteen miles from where I live. Man, this is gonna stop. It can't keep going on like this. It's it's a big flop for a start. I know someone that travelled. What was that? She only went from Sydney to Melbourne. I'm not sure the distance. I'll probably say twelve hundred miles or so. She had to she had to stop twice. Wait, I think I don't know. Probably an hour to recharge a car, and then freaking to just to get to it from city to city. That's... Uh, and then they've got sensors on them as well. I know people that have that have got them, or well, I don't know many, but I know this one elderly couple. They got one, and it takes them five minutes to get out their driveway because it's steep. Because every time, because they they stop automatically, right? So because they're on an angle, they've mm -hmm. got to they've got to stop, and then the car stops. So then they've got to turn it on an angle, go that way down the driveway. Then it stops because they could just slightly touch that side. Then they've got to they've got to zigzag down their driveway to get um, out of their driveway and in. Unbloody believable because these things will just stop. And how dangerous is that on the road? <laughs> I don't know, mate. Mm -hmm. It's like I wouldn't jump in one of these freaking driverless cars for anything, man. <laughs> I don't trust those things. <laughs> Bloody hell, that, that would feel weird, mate. That's these cars are weird enough, let alone someone's just sitting there and no one's in it driving. No, 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 no. They'd be like, You've been a bad boy, and they drive you straight <laughs> to the um. To the, to the prison <laughs> open the gates and in you go you know yep there's oz man yep we yes. want him in there okay we'll take the car there you know what do you do <laughs> can't unlock the doors and everything like that but man once once these battery ones catch on fire that's a death trap mate they're up like anything it's, they'll just go for hours and they, you can't put them out they're just well, i think it's the cobalt uh, cobalt that's in them well lithium is it's a, the lithium yeah. in the battery it's the same with your phone. You know, I've, I've heard of that, that people have smashed their phone with a hammer, nearly blew their hand off. The freaking power in those little batteries and the battery in the back of your phone, mate. Those things are bloody... Yeah. No. Power. yeah they just... No, a guy that done it done personally, and yeah, nearly blew his hand off, you reckon? The, the light was just blinding. Just, yeah, just massive flash. I wonder what happened if you put one in a fire. I've never heard... Never seen that happen. Just throw one in a fire and just probably just go, <laughs> just just freaking be a big bloody good fire starter, wouldn't it? Jeez. Should go up. 
might try that with an old battery actually and just sleep. I've never, yeah, I'm gonna I've never tried that. Battery here. I might just throw it in there and see what happens. Why not? Throw it in, stand back. I know you don't want to get lithium wet. It's very explosive when it gets Seriously wet. wet. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Lithium, yes, sir. What, what makes it like that when it's wet? I think it's just a chemical compound. Oh, so, I wonder how the batteries would go in snow like environments and that thing. That can't be good. Uh, the lithium batteries yeah. for the Teslas? So they've got them all yeah. enclosed okay. and caged. And... But uh, Tesla just called back like. Two point one million dollar recall. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Or two point one million. Uh, hey, mate, I'd hate to cut it short, but they, they've just given me the two minute warning. I didn't. I wasn't keeping an eye on the time, so they're going to cut cut us in under two minutes. Just wanted to let you know. Well, right on. Oh, man, I went quick. It was good. Good having a yarn with you and um, all when he come in. All hands. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Yes, sir. All right, mate. Well, I better better shut down before it cuts us between. Did you want to quickly say anything or before we go? Okay, no, mate. Man. All right. Good. Well, yeah, we'll take care and I'll, I'll catch you around the traps, no doubt. Yeah, okay, mate. Sounds good, brother. All right, guys. Well, yeah, this will be up All at right, about wait. anyone that's just come in. It'll be up in about um, five or ten minutes. So I'll catch us all on the next episode. Thanks, mate. I'll catch you later. Evil minds at blood destruction, sorcerer of death construction. In the fields of bodies burning, as the war machine keeps turning. Oh, it'll probably probably 20 minutes because Podbean takes a bit longer for it to on this side. All right, take care all. Catch you next time on Strange Days. There's no doubt about it. <laughs>